It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us! Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night now, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirit of Dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope one that cowboy got you. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Man, I got a lot of shit going on. I don't even know where to fucking start. I got a lot of topics here. I'm going to jump around on them because some of them, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get at some of these topics right off the bat, but let me just go back to some things that are going on with me in my life. Um, man, uh, I had mentioned before that I had taken, um, a coworker, uh, a friend of mine was a friend of mine. Um, and I, I'm not going to get into great detail to what I'm dealing with right now with her. Um, long story short, she no longer lives with us and that creates a lot of problems and there's a lot of things that led to that. And, you know, uh, out of respect, despite the fact that we're not even remotely cool anymore, 
um, she's been in a bad place for a long time. So I, I could do a two hour show on this, but I don't want to put all the details out there because God forbid, that's the thing that pushes her over the edge. It's just, it's not me. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not vindictive that way where I'm looking to, to actually, you know, affect her in that way, despite the fact that, you know, most people probably would be just, you know, with, with everything that happened. So, um, it, it's a lot to deal with that. I'm not saying it just to be vague, just to, to put it out there. Cause I hate that shit too. When people put on Facebook, like, yeah, man, uh, I, I went through some shit. Uh, Chris Rivera just did this shit. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm dealing with some really serious things and maybe I'll never even talk about it, but I just like, dude, then stop bringing it up. But I just, uh, I just wanted to put out there just so people know that I'm going through some shit. Um, and again, I, I would gladly do a, ha- a two-hour show and I could break down event by event by event. And um, hopefully I'll never need to. Um, it would have to be under an unfortunate circumstance that I would just lay it all out there because it wouldn't matter anymore. And I'm surely not rooting for that. So I'm just going to leave it alone for now. Um, but it's an ongoing thing that I'm dealing with. Um, uh, my mother moved out of my house. That's the other thing, um, which is a fantastic thing. Uh, we're, we're taking over the mortgage, all that, which I was paying most of to begin with. Um, but now I'm able to do so many different things with this house and um, just upgrade piece by piece by piece. There's years and years of things that should have been kept up with that weren't. So we have a lot going on here, but the vibe in the house minus the things that just went down, like it's fucking beautiful. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Christmas is coming and, and there's no drama. There's no stress. There's no nothing. It like the past couple of days, you know, cause all of this, this shit went down over the end of last week to the weekend. So, I mean, this, this week, this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this type of thing, like, it's just been beautiful. It's the, the vibe is, is just gorgeous. Tomorrow I bring home two new cats. Um, they're two of, uh, the cats that were from Mo's family. You know, Mo came from a house with 38 cats in it. Um, so two of those to the two that I'm bringing home are two sisters. I would say sisters. The one's definitely a sister because looked just like him. And the other one, she's orange and short hair. So there was only a few orange cats in that house, and the rest were all white. So they're coming home tomorrow. I'm very, very excited about that. It's it's a long time coming for them. I mean, they've been in the shelter over a year now. And through the success with Mo and everything that went on with him, um, he transitioned so, so well. I, I expected him to do well. But he exceeded all expectations. He really did. So when it went as well as it went with him, I knew that more cats from that household would do really, really well in my house. So I'm, I'm very, very excited. We have a whole system and plan, and I, it's, it's great. Um, I'm actually going to make some videos, you know, transitioning these guys into the home, too, because it's somewhat of an advanced transition. Uh, what I did with Mo is I started him out in a dog crate. Because he was used to the cage in the shelter. He found that as his, his safe spot. So start out a cat in a dog crate similar to a shelter cage 
when they're used to that environment, you set it up just as that same deal. And then you just do that. And little by little, they get used to their surroundings as they see it outside of the cage. And as they get more comfortable and they're starting to strut around, you open the door to that cage. And now maybe they peek out. Maybe they lean out a little. Maybe they step out. Over time, it becomes just their safe spot. And then they run back to that cage if they don't feel safe. And then before you know it, they find other safe spots under the bed, behind this, whatever the case, where they're not running scared all the time, but at least there's other places that they found. So then you, you remove the cage and you just continue life. Um, it's, it's a very soft entry to a home and it works really, really well for very scared cats, which is a fantastic thing because a lot of cats are, are deemed as unadoptable, but if you just went about it the right way, they're fantastic. Um, so that's that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, I'm on the verge of becoming cat supervisor at my job, which is a long, long time coming. I've been there in May. It'll be 20 years. And I've been pushing for this cat supervisor position for a good handful of years. Not the whole time I've been there, but um, the good handful of years. And I've been running shit in that place and keeping things together on the cat side of things for a long time. So to get the official authority and things like that, it's, it's just like a dream come true. I mean, it, being able to take over this house and potentially getting this position at my job it, is everything I've been hoping for for the past several years. So I hate to break people's hearts, but um, at the end of this fucking year, if things go the way that I'm, I'm seeing them develop, 2020 has been fantastic for me. <laughs> so I, I, hate, I hate to fucking break it to you guys that I just have 2020 is the worst thing ever. But um, I, believe me, I'm aware of all the terrible things that have happened this year. But a few things that I've been hoping and dreaming for for, you know, a lot of years are suddenly coming to fruition. So, look, um, so that that's that. Um, what else is going on? I don't even fucking know, man. Christmas is right around the corner. Um, it's like eight days or some shit like that, right? I think eight. I don't know. Um, Jimmy Rave lost his arm. That's fucking not, not nearly as festive. Um, yeah, man, he got some kind of fucking crazy infection or some shit and they had to amputate his fucking arm. Uh, that's, that's fucking wild. Um, Jimmy's been a guy who's, who's been real bummy, you know, over the years where he's, you know, private messaging fans asking for money and, He's always begging and everything like this. Um, and this is this is a very serious thing. So now, you know, after he's tried to get money off the fans for years and years, and even his, his co-workers, even the other wrestlers, he hit up, hey, man, I'm going through some shit. You know, I've, I've had a good handful of people sending me screenshots over the years of Jimmy Raves at it again. Jimmy, you know, so this is a shame. I mean, this is a very real, real thing. And um, it's a shame. You know, a lot of these fucking wrestlers just don't take care of themselves, though. When it comes down to this shit, and he even said something in his statement that, like, oh, he, he tried to just tough it out. and get, You motherfuckers aren't invincible. I I know you guys are, like, doing this thing where, like, oh, that, that pile driver looked like he broke his neck, but he didn't because we know what we're doing. That doesn't mean you could just avoid all doctors and everything and just be like, but I'm on a, I'm doing something different. Like, no, dude, you can still die, like. You know, when you lose an arm to an, an infection and things like that, you're not that far off from fucking death. 
because a lot of times they're say they're taking that arm to save your life. You know, it's something somewhere along the way. It has to be a fucking wake up call for all the dumb shit. You know, Marcus Crane getting the infection in his forehead that leaked into his brain and they had to do brain surgery and open his skull. And, uh, you know, I, the type of shit these motherfuckers have done and gone through for just carelessness, you know, for just disregard for their own well-beings and then you know it turns right around to like please help save this guy but like he did zero to save himself along the way and it's a shame and you know my condolences to this fucking guy but in the same token like jesus fucking christ like at some point can we just be responsible adults just a little bit you know enough to keep your limbs and and, and your fucking head together i don't know um Tyson versus Roy Jones. I didn't even watch the fight um, because I once I heard the the rules were there's no knockouts. Um, they will not announce a winner. So like the people that that were screaming afterwards, like Tyson won, he was robbed. No, if you saw the fucking rules, they were not announcing a winner. So it wasn't about like oh they said it was a draw because they thought it was that close. They said it was a draw because they already told you beforehand there won't be a winner to this fight. They're not fucking announcing a winner. It's like one of those little fucking t-ball games where they don't want any of the kids to cry, so they just go, everybody just play, and we won't keep score. You know? Which I think is fucking ridiculous. So, um, you know, it is what it is, and I, I just, I have no interest in that. Um, I, I, I want to see a fight to see, you know, who's going to win. Like, the these guys were not trying to knock each other out and all of this. And, that, you know, I don't need that. Um, Tyson, you know, looked like he was in fantastic shape and all of that stuff. And, you know, good for him. But, yeah, I don't want to see, like, um, you know, foxy boxing with fucking old heavyweight champions. And I'm not looking for that. They might as well have those giant fucking gloves on and shit, you know, or sumo suits or something stupid like that. It's not an actual fight. Uh, Jake Paul, I guess that was the dude that knocked out uh, uh, Nate Robinson. Isn't that, isn't that his name? Um, and and it, that's weird, too, because like he knocked the dude out, but then the main event had no knockouts. It just it's fucking crazy. And he wants to box Floyd Mayweather. Like, ah, dude, this guy's out of his mind. Um, any legitimate fighter is going to beat this guy senseless. Um. Alex Zane gets signed. I had talked about that. I think it was the last show or the show before because um, I, you know, I had heard about that. And then uh, I, I just see him. I know he was in the, the backyard about a year ago, but I could see this dude being another Jeff Hardy kind of dude where they put on, you know, the money in the bank show. And he's the guy taking the big insane bump or, you know, doing some crazy flip off of something really high or, you know, he just seems like that big um spectacle you know like he's they're going to use him for that i think and you know you get that guy in there with like a ricochet you know who, who's seasoned and knows what he's doing with all these crazy flips if you can get that guy on the same page with ricochet you're going to be putting on those you know ricochet um will osprey kind of matches within the wwe and they very much want that shit uh desmond xavier zachary wentz go to wwe um yeah i mean uh, they're just looking to snatch up all the young talent they can. 
especially with this uh, AEW Impact crossover thing. Everybody's just trying to grab everybody they can, take them off the market, you know, and they'll spit them back out if they don't like what they got. Um, GCW, free GCW keeps being posted by GCW. What the fuck is that? I have no fucking idea. I, I saw the same thing and I was like, dude, I mean, G- Gage was, you know, free two six, free two six, and now it's like free GCW. Did fucking GCW also get locked up for something? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like it's become such a regular thing for Gage to be like free two six, free two six, and GCW's like free us too. Like I, I don't know what the fuck that even is. They're they're in such this like fake jail mentality, catchphrase bullshit that I, I think this is just more of that. I, I don't know what that is. Um, no cage of death this year. No, and you know what? It's like it broke our tradition. Myself and Sozio's tradition, struggling with Sozio, check him out, um, of doing our Cage of Death review. You know, I, I got to come up with another reason for Sozio to make a dope-ass graphic of us. And uh, we got to figure out something to review fucking uh, or something. So we'll figure that out. I don't think it's going to happen. It's definitely not going to happen at the end of this year just because, you know, there's only x amount of days left there's not that many but hopefully early 2021 we'll try to get together do some shit um and 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 get it rolling uh covid vaccine is out do you trust it um i'm hearing a lot of different things but here's the thing as far as the vaccine goes us common folk uh there's going to be a lot of people that get it before us so just sit back and watch we're we're not the we're not the ones that are on the front lines so if all the people who are getting it are fine, by the time it gets to us and it's readily available for your everyday person, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Let's go. But, I mean, you're going to see whatever side effects there are manifest or not in, in the coming weeks. Because, you know, they have healthcare workers and everybody else, um, you know, that, that are in that upper tier of who needs it first. Those guys are getting it first. So, um you know, anyone who thinks that it's just plain evil and it causes... I, I saw something on... Uh, Schlack posted it, something. And someone was saying on there that it, it causes cancer and it uh, this and that. And I don't know. I, that seems... That seems a little far-fetched, seeing as the thing just came out. And I know there's side effects and things are listed, but... You look at every medication out there, too. Like, side effects are death on pretty much every medication. Every antidepressant has a, a side effect of suicide. And it's like, well, that's the fuck we're trying to avoid here. So there's a chance that you just push me harder in that direction? All right, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to see a lot before we get the opportunity to get this. And it's just like another one. Like, I, I see this vaccine just like the, the, the PS5. You know, when they come out with the new system, I'm not in fucking line. I'm not sleeping outside overnight waiting to get the first one because then people's shits are setting on fire and the fucking break in and whatever ring of death that come up, they come up with. And, and then a couple months later, they work out the bugs and and then I buy it. You know, it's it's three or six months later. And my systems have been pretty solid, you know, so that's kind of the same thing as, I, as I'll do with this. 
Um, favorite Christmas movies. Um, so we have like certain ones that we're watching. Um, I'd say favorite Muppets Family Christmas is my absolute favorite. Um, I like that more than uh, Muppets Christmas Carol or any of that. It's just something really special about that to me. I love that. It has the, um, the crossover between Sesame street and, um, and the Muppets. So you see a lot of characters together. You've never seen before. The Fraggles are even part of it. You know, it was just such a cool collaboration of everything in the Henson network or, you know, Henson, uh, studios. And, um, yeah, so that, that's my favorite. Um, yeah, I like a lot of the classics, you know, the, uh, and when I say classic, I mean, uh, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, some some old, old, old stuff is just overplayed to me. I really don't like the old crusty ass Christmas movies, you know, that old, old timey shit. Nina's favorite is White Christmas. That's like her jam. I, I, I can't see any part of that thing that's entertaining. I've passed by in multiple parts of the movie. I've, I've never seen a part where I was like, oh, wait, let me see what's going on here. I, I move right past it like like the wind. It's like there's no redeeming factor in that for me. But, you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Um, yeah, Scrooge is fun. Um, but we've been watching, like, we've been going through them. So we got, like, Elf. Um, we're going to watch Home Alone 1 and 2. We're going to watch, um, trying to think of what else we have on that list. We got a bunch, though. Um, we already watched Elf. We already watched Muppets, um, Christmas Carol. And we're just going to keep rolling through. We got to do a lot more family movie nights so we can knock these all out before Christmas. So, um, bitches are on OnlyFans making money. Why is Frankie doing cosplay characters? I, I have no fucking idea. Apparently, uh, Larry Legend has an OnlyFans now, too. So, I you know, look. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, if they're giving money to these motherfuckers, then that's then it's, it's proving that it's worth doing. I can't imagine it. Does Frankie, Frankie has a, a, an OnlyFans? Is that what you're telling me? I, I can't imagine anyone's paying for that. Maybe, like, one of his five baby mamas pay for that shit. But I, I don't know why they would either, because they could probably get it for free if they just hit him up and be like, yo, let me see that that Spider-Man costume one more time. Yep, still looks crazy. Um, you still don't fit in that. Um, okay, let me see the Green Lantern one. Yep, nothing like the movie. What the fuck is going on? Um, oh, uh, can you do the Joker thing again? Yep, you don't look like that guy at all. Um you know, when you're going to pay the child support, like some shit like that. Like they wouldn't just, I don't know why they would pay him for that. Um, Drake younger updates. Well, I stopped getting updates since he deleted me from Facebook and everything else. Uh, I think he's doing more parlor than anything. This dude is out of his motherfucking mind. Um, there's a lot of these motherfuckers, you know, between him, Zandig, um, I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to tell you. These are these people are night and fucking day from what I used to talk to. I used to talk to this fucking party dude. You know what I mean? Like he was just out back in a fucking arena drinking and smoking and doing whatever the fuck else he was doing. Apparently he was on meth. And uh and he was way better on meth. Way fucking better on meth. He was fucking friendly. He wasn't he wasn't trying to fucking 
beat you to death with a fucking conspiracy theory that sounds batshit fucking crazy. And that's like his life now. He stops home, impregnates his wife, fucking, and then goes back to work. And then he he tweets out and fucking Facebooks out all of these crazy things about Democrats eating babies and just like just batshit crazy behavior. Like it's it's fucking crazy. Like if you believe any of that type of shit. I don't even know how to finish that sentence because there's no way that anyone that believes that type of shit listens to my podcast. So never mind. I'm not even talking to you. Um, Alley Cat is terrible. What's the hype? She sucks. Agreed. Completely agreed. Um, she's fucking horrible. She's in terrible shape. She's like the worst version of Kimberly ever, um, which says a lot. Um, she's really fucking sloppy. Her persona is garbage. Um, you know, I mean, she's one of these people that went from straight edge, straight edge to like alcohol is my life and gimmick. You know, just real. What the why? Who is that cool to that shit? Well, I mean, I see who it's cool to. But um, and I guess that's what it is. It's just they're into this like party girl shit because. The majority of those like deathmatch fans and stuff, they just want to show up and drink and get banged up and barely remember the matches and hang out with a couple of the wrestlers. That's that's kind of the the scene there. So if the girl is into that type of shit, then she's super fucking cool, you know, and she could do a DDT on top of it. Like, whoa, shit. Like, and she could wrestle like, no, actually, she's really bad. Um, Trump loves windows. Yeah. He literally said in a fucking one of his little uh, press conference deals that Biden is going to rip all the buildings down and rebuild them with no windows. And he likes windows, so he doesn't he doesn't think that's a good idea. I, I like and motherfuckers listen to this guy. People actually believe in what this fucking guy says. Um, let's just while we're still on the Trump thing, let's just get into the fucking Zandig thing. So Zandig, you know, and I've, I've had a hard time with this. I explained this to you guys before. I, I do my best to stay out of banter with the people that I'm trying not to just disconnect from. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to cut this person off or I'm trying to stay on good terms with this person. And I tussle with that regularly because people will just continue to post their ridiculous shit over and over. And he would post his daily just Trump's still going to win or do your research. Tick tock fucking uh you know count your fucking days uh you know like just really like and and like i, I would read some of this shit and i'd be like oh shit i wonder if some shit happened and i would just look up like whatever like you know election whatever and like the first five articles would be like trump's case thrown out of court in texas trump's case thrown out of court in pennsylvania trump denied fucking uh, uh, you know, uh, his challenge against fucking uh, this state, Trump thrown out of court for this. This this fucking lawyer quit. This you know, this is the shit I'm saying, and I'm like, how is there a side of this that you're looking at all the facts and you're just going, nope, still gonna win? What the fuck is going on? So I, I just had enough, you know. So I finally posted on on one of his uh statuses i don't even remember what status it was but i i just put your guy fucking lost john get over it 
get used to it. It's over. So he he responds to me. Well, first he blocked me. First he he uh, he deleted and blocked me. So you know, I wouldn't see his response. And then someone like two days later sent me the response that he posted after he blocked me. And, uh, which I'm, I'm sure he didn't do on purpose cause he's not smart enough to do that on purpose. But, um, he posted, uh, Trump never loses dumb ass. And if you supported the by, if you supported by the don't waste time talking to me, throw away your little Zandig guy shirt, you disgust me. Okay, so let's get into a couple things here. First off, I'm still a John Zanda guy. I think John Corso's a fucking retard. However, John Zandig was a made-up character. He was also the leader of CZW. And the image that CZW put forth was a very ruthless, this is, this is the way shit's going down. We fucking kick ass and take names. And if you don't like it, you can get the fuck out. Okay, so so that's that's how I see that as, as a whole. I, I'm still a John Zandy guy. I'm still going to wear the shirt. I'm positive because of his idiocy. I'll never sell another one of all the extra ones I have still. Because he's a fucking idiot. And so many people can't separate the two. And I understand that, dude. If you don't want to separate the two, I'm not going to tell you that, no, you really should because it's different. For me, it's different. I could listen to DMX's music and still hope he dies. Like, I really can. I can do that because he's an animal abusing piece of shit, but his music is fire. I mean, what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? So that I could do that. You know, I could enjoy old Necro Butcher matches, but, you know, he punches women and I don't like the guy personally. And I'm surely not going to sing his fucking praises, you know, going forward. Um, I, I'm not going to be sad when he dies. Fuck him. And I hope it's tonight. You know what I mean? Um, but this big fucking engine block head having motherfucker, John Corso, has to fucking keep in mind when it comes to shitting on me and telling me I disgust him and all that other cute shit. I kept his fucking name alive when nobody gave a fuck about him. Not only did I bring countless fucking people to CZW and turn them on to CZW and continue to spread the fucking word, showing people VHF, VHS after VHS and getting people into fucking CZW. Not only that, but when I launched my fucking podcast back then, fucking over 10 years ago now, I, I fucking I did nothing but talk up CZW and talk about it. And as DJ took over and it became dj's way and there was a difference in the way that that sh those shows were being structured um the the booking just wasn't going to be the same and the image was changing drastically and i was the guy who kept beating that fucking drum of what it used to be like and how it was so much different and better under zandig and when things hit hit a certain boiling point where they were just arrogant about the dj was just arrogant about his decisions he continued to go in that direction despite the fact that fans were openly not happy about it. The old school fans were openly not happy about it. He continued to just say, well, I know better. I know better. By the way, where's fucking Cage of Death this year? You know what I mean? Where was fucking Cage of Death's attendance last year? You know, did the, but, but I knew I was right all along, so that doesn't make any fucking difference. But 
I was the one beating the fucking drum for John Zandig. When he disappeared from all fucking social media, there wasn't a talk of a comeback. Those shirts fucking launched out of my fucking me because I, I saw the I'm a Paul Heyman guy and this and this. John Zandig was my fucking Paul Heyman. He was he was the guy who ran the company that meant the most to me. That's that's why I fucking put those shirts out to let everybody know and, and to let the old school fucking uh, um, CZW fans represent the way that I was representing and showing people like, look, fuck this DJ Hyde shit. I'm a John Zandig guy. That's the CZW I fucking love. And, you know, you never know. You never know what that causes. And maybe that, you know, stirs up enough fucking energy to go, yeah, there's enough support for that old way. Maybe we should cater to that a little bit. I don't know. But meanwhile, while all that was going on, his his wheels were still turning. Now, a uh, good friend of mine, Brian, also known as Atticus from back in the day in CZW, um, he, was good he was good friends with John Zandig. Um, and... Uh, he would talk to him occasionally. And it was like, to me, there was no, there was no contact with Zandig. He didn't have a Facebook. He didn't, he wasn't active on fucking anything. And I told him like, dude, can you show him the shirt? You know what I mean? And, uh, that would be fucking awesome. And sure enough, he, he brought him the shirt and, and he took a picture holding the shirt up. And I was like, that was a fucking dream come true to me because that was the guy that, that, that I was, he was an icon, not no pun intended, but he was an icon to me. He was a fixture in the wrestling that I was all about. The, the, the company that I supported so heavily, he was the fucking guy. So it was an honor for me to see that. Now, shortly after that, some months after that, he started talking about a comeback. And uh, I think he got my number uh, from Brian and Zandig called me on the fucking phone and just was picking my brain about the stuff that I liked and who was hot and who was up and who was that. And, and I told him about how, how fucking Joey was like the new fucking Trent and Dickinson was murdering shit all over the fucking place. And Schlack is a guy that he's got to fucking see, uh, you know. All of my favorites that I've been telling everybody about is the same thing that would come out of my mouth if anybody asked me. So when Zandig was saying, oh, you know, asking me these things and he was just, you know, oh, OK, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, I never heard that guy. OK, cool. Yeah, I heard that about Joey. Yeah, Joey, you know, he, you know, other people had been in his ear about Joey, too. So I'm not saying that I started that whole thing either. I, I'm really not taking credit for a lot of things, but I'm telling you that, like, while his wheels were turning for a comeback, he had a fucking shirt handed to him like, hey, people are still running around singing your fucking praises. And and you can't tell me that that doesn't help a guy's motivation to fucking come back. So while nobody else was talking about John fucking Zandig, he was nothing but folklore at the time. There would be a little short conversations about this used to be this other guy's company. Da, 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 da. And DJ was rewriting history to say that he brought wrestling into CZW. It was nothing but death matches before. And there weren't a lot of people to fucking stick up for that. But I was one of them. And again, not putting myself on a pedestal or anything like that, but CZW was a very small niche audience. It, it, was, it was a very cult kind of following. 
you'd get your thousand people for best of the best occasionally. You get your thousand people for cage of death almost yearly. About that for tournament of death yearly. But the rest of the year, you know, a couple hundred here, you know, some of the hotter shows that have your 800 or whatever the case was. But like, you know, there, there was only so much of a core audience that that was there every single month. And it wasn't just because it was right up the road, you know, in Philly, it brought a lot of local people to just walk in off the streets. Um, but either way, I sung their praises for so fucking long. You see, when, when people are able to dismiss people that easily, it shows you how they value the people that support them. You know what I mean? This is just this is just me saying, yo, look, man, I voted for Biden. Oh, if you voted for Biden, fuck you and your shirt and your this and that, you know, look, you don't get to tell me what the fuck I wear or what I do or whatever. And and that John Zandig that I supported and and, and I fucking made that shirt for, that guy is nothing compared to this fucking this this guy has nothing to do with that these aren't even the same fucking human and even talking to brian you know he'll tell me because he knew the guy personally since czw opened you know what i mean um he he knew him personally and he he'll tell you that like i don't even know who this guy is anymore i i have no idea who this guy is so this this is just uh, this is just something else but i'm not i'm not supporting that guy you know, and the fact that I now don't even have his fucking blessing as far as my shirt goes makes me that much more open to fucking wearing it and shit because it shows you it's, this is a disconnect from that other guy completely. So it is what it is. But, you know, he's just going to be fucking angry, just like the rest of these Trump that are going to run around hoping for an overturn of this and that. I, I see people posting. Oh, fucking Biden only had uh, 80,000 viewers or, or, you know, they're saying how many viewers he had on his last press conference. And there's no way he could have got all the votes you're saying he got because his viewership is only this. It's such a joke. Well, first off, I voted for Biden. 100 percent voted for Biden. I didn't watch his fucking press conference. I didn't know there was a press conference. See, the difference is, and that's the thing that's difficult for a lot of Trump people to um, understand. Most people don't live and breathe their fucking president's every word and move. This, that's new shit. That's new Trump shit. That's not, that's not normal behavior. You know, not everybody huddles around the TV every time the president's on it. I mean, occasionally, you know, you want to tune in or whatever, but like, you can't say the mass of people that wanted to vote for this guy are just going to be glued to their television every time he talks. And to think that that's your point proven as far as uh, this is a fraud because the ratings weren't high. That's that's that Trump mentality where Trump was worried about the ratings of his fucking covid briefings. His fucking covid briefings ratings meant something to him. More so than the fucking COVID did. More so than, than doing something about this and sending a very clear message of safety. None of that meant any fucking thing to him. But the ratings, that's something else because that shows you that I'm popular. And it, that's all it ever was to him was a popularity contest. It was about Trump, not America, the whole fucking time. You know, it, this, this insane support of a guy who lost, you know, it, it undermines our entire 
system. It wasn't fixed when he won, but it was fixed when he lost. You know what I mean? And I, I posted on Facebook, but I am going to adopt this Donald Trump way of uh, thinking. The 49ers won the Super Bowl last year because they should have stopped counting points in the third quarter. And those fourth quarter points were all fraudulent. They were, they were not um, legal points. They were stuffing points in in suitcases. Um, you know what I mean? Like they, uh, yeah, it, it was fraudulent, all fraudulent fourth quarter. Everybody knows it. Everyone's talking about it. Um, it, we had the greatest, uh, three quarters of football in the history of football. Everybody knows it. And then the fourth quarter was just a fraud. It was fake. Uh, you know. That's that's just, you know, the fact. So really the 49ers won the Super Bowl. And um, yeah. even the statement that, that Zandig said, Trump never loses. What the fuck is that? What What is that? What the fuck are you talking about? Like he, he lost so many things. Like Trump Plaza is fucking empty right now. There's no fucking anything going on in that entire fucking building. Like, there's no Trump business going on in that fucking building. What the fuck do you mean he never lost anything? Like, and that's the other thing that, that boggles my mind. Like, they speak as if they followed this guy his whole life. Like, this is my guy from day one. Can you imagine John fucking Zandig being like, I don't know what you're talking about, but... I was listening to Donald Trump yesterday, and he said that, what? That's, that's not his type of guy at all. Like, at fucking all. You know, blue-collar fucking Jersey fucking shit-talking dude What is not Donald Trump's kind of guy. Suddenly, he became that, but, man, it's fucking weird. Totally fucking weird. Um, marijuana being decriminalized on a federal level, uh, man, if that's happening, that's great. I didn't really hear that. Um, I know that it, it has been legalized in New Jersey, but they have to work out all the details of the, the uh, like how it's handled and, and um, yeah, you know, just, just every, everything about it, how it's handled, where the funds go, the taxes from the funds, all just everything. So, um, I'm, you know, anxious to see, you know, what goes on with that. You know, I got my medical deal, but, uh, and man, I am, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with this. I'll tell you that. Um, I got some ice cream cake the other night. That shit is banging. Um, this pine soul is fucking, is dope. Not as high at THC, but it's, it's, um, it's, uh, what do you call it? Like very, like pine tasting. It's got like a great pine backing. And, uh, yeah, so, um, but yeah, I'm having, a, I'm having a good time with it. It's really helping me a lot. And, uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Ian Ron breaks up with his lady. Is this the end of the IWA? Finally seemed like she did a lot of the shipping and dealing with customers. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Um, because I had, I had deleted Ian a while ago cause I was tired of his up and down bullshit. And, um, yeah, I wasn't going to continue to tell him what he wanted to hear. 
So uh, I wasn't going to be someone he wanted to hear from at all because I, I, you know, I'm blunt and honest about things and uh, he, he can't handle that shit. So yeah, if they legitimately broke up and it's like for good, because I, I think they've had on and off shit before. And then their old baby on the Facebook, like fucking two days later, like teenagers. But um, yeah, I mean, if that's a real thing and that's final, like, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, uh, gonna be uh probably the end i'd say probably the end colt 45 passes away yeah i don't know how this happened this dude was real young um no idea like what the deal with that is and uh yeah it's a shame young ass dude he was just wrestling on on point like a couple weeks or like a couple days before he died i think so yeah i don't don't know anything about like what the circumstances were or anything but shit uh, AEW's Bear, Bear Country, Kyle Beast, and uh, sure Jordan Oliver will be next. Will Jimmy ever get his time? He's getting worse, fatter, and seems to care less. What the fuck is he doing in 2020? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even know Jimmy Lloyd existed anymore. Um, not that I've watched a whole lot of wrestling that he wasn't involved in, but um, I don't know. Is he like a strictly GCW guy? Because I've watched a few IWA, uh, IW, ICW shows. And... Um, I haven't seen him on any of those that I, the ones that I watched at least. At least I didn't think I did. Maybe I did. I don't know. He's just gone off the radar for me because I don't watch that much wrestling at all. And if he doesn't pop up like front and center on the thing that I'm watching, then I don't really, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really look for him or anything. Um, but yeah, I, I, you wouldn't expect like someone ex- like Jimmy excelling, uh, you know, in hardship. Yeah, if he's got, he wasn't doing anything to train himself before, so this is just more of the same, I think. Uh, he he was a guy who was gonna have to burn out. He was either gonna have to shift focus and really start killing it as far as like training himself, taking care of his body, or he was gonna burn out pretty quick because he's taking the stupidest, silliest fucking bumps and weapons and all of that shit the whole time. And you, there's a time limit on that. You, you just can't do it forever. Um. Uh, album of the year. I don't know, man. Uh, it, it's hard. I, I think bust. I, I got to give it to Busta. Um, besides that, I'd, I'd probably give Papoose. My Papoose is, is criminally underrated. Um, not, not to get completely off the, the, the album thing, but when we talk about like, greatest of all time and we talk about Mount Rushmore's and things like that now I don't know you know exactly what would um, define like a Mount Rushmore because Mount Rushmore those are like founding fathers so I don't even know if we should pass like 95 on a Mount Rushmore you know what I mean maybe you know if they continue to have longevity after that that factors into their, their place on Mount Rushmore but Maybe if we're talking that Rushmore shit, it should cap at like early times. You know what I mean? Because it, it's more of a founding father thing, I think. At least the actual Rushmore is. They didn't put any recent dudes into it. Despite, you know, no, no matter how good they did, you know, it was what it was. And that was just the four guys. But if we're just saying like top five that are alive type shit like this, 
I thought about it a lot recently because I've seen a lot of lists come up and I've seen a lot of people throw ridiculous fucking names in these lists. But I 100% would throw Papoose in, in a top five of all time. Reason I do that is because I paid a lot of attention to Papoose when he came up. And when he came up, I'll do, I'll try to pull up the stats on this and um, not right now, but before next show. Um, this dude must have put out something like 15 mixtapes within like two years. And they were like full album mixtapes. Whatever the hottest track was, he would take that same beat and outdo that shit lyrically. Just fucking murder it lyrically. And then he did a lot of concept tracks. So he would pick like a concept and he would just target that shit like alphabetical slaughter. He went through the alphabet, you know, uh, a assassins at large, allegedly automatic artillery, angrily aimed and aggressively, you know, like this, like he went through the whole fucking alphabet and then like did it backwards. And then like, you know, shit like this um, on his new album, he did uh, a numerical slaughter that was uh, 20 to, to 30. I think that's what it was. Or it was 11 to 20 or something. He did like 10 numbers like, and went through. And then uh, he did another one that was on, on the brain. Like he was doing like anatomy. And he did his shit on the brain. And he broke down every fucking part of the brain. And, you know, some of this is reminiscent to like the area that cannabis drifted off into. And cannabis drifted off into that too scientific and never turned back. He never became that battle rapper again. He never became that like, like crazy punchline guy again. He just went into that lane and stayed there. Papoose is still putting out street tracks, fucking vicious. Who wants it? I'll fucking take anybody in the game tracks. And then he'll break down one of those crazy intelligent tracks. This dude broke down um, in the in the new album. He broke down um, an A to Z of the um, police brutality and people who were unjustly killed. You know what I mean? Like, he did that shit. He did, I mean, it, it's really incredible the amount of things he's done lyrically. So when you put a lyricist on the table and you see the amount of content that this dude put in in such a small amount of space, if you went song for song, lyric for lyric, line for line, this dude, in two years' time, probably put down a catalog that would outdo a lot of veterans that have been in 20 years. Because maybe they put out an album every three, four, five years. This dude put out 12 of them in, like, two. You know? And, like, that's the type of shit right now that, um, that uh, you know, Griselda's doing as a group. They're putting out those fucking albums, like, pretty fast. But this dude did it on another level with K Slay. And um, I, I was continuously blown away by his lyrics. It wasn't like, you know, he penned some shit. And when he put that out, the next thing you were going to get were just kind of like leading up to the next dope shit. There was just more shit that was like blowing the doors off of everything lyrically in the game. Nobody was coming fucking near it. And he doesn't really get the respect and the, and the, um, the acknowledgement that he should get for what he does. Um, you know, he's married to Remy Ma. Um, when he went and, and married her, he kind of pumped his brakes a little bit. It looked like, you know, he took a little bit of a step back. You know, they got kids, at least a kid or kids now. And um, 
he's still doing his thing. Like I said, this album is crazy. And, uh, but he's not, he's not that, you know, 15 fucking mixtape guy anymore. But that still counts in the catalog as far as I'm concerned. And of course it does. Um, but he would take, you know, the ludicrous beat and fucking just rip it. He would take, you know, anything that was out there, anything that was going on, he put his own fucking spin on that same beat. And mixtapes were the perfect avenue for that because it wasn't in copywriting or anything to worry about. And he was able to just just murder lyrically. And um, yeah, he, he's one of those guys. Busta, I mean, for him to put out the album he just did in 2020, this many years after his inception and all this, and the amount of just bangers in that. Lyrical content-wise, Papoose's album is far better. Um, but just banger-wise... Uh, that Busta Rhymes album, you know, that that's for me. Um, Benny the Butcher gets shot in Walmart. What the fuck is he doing in Walmart? I don't know, bro. I didn't even know he got shot in fucking Walmart until I seen the question he sent me. Uh, I have no idea, bro. I, I don't know what anybody's doing, doing anything anymore. You know, um, it's always been that way too. You know, this, this rapper gets caught with a gun. This, this rapper gets fucking stabbed. This, this one, this uh, NFL player making $13 million a year has got a gun in a club and shit. Like, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't understand any of that. Like, you got to have some some sense. Once you get that type of money to protect yourself, you could have people who do the dirt for you. I just don't understand still immersing yourself in that life when, when you have no reason to anymore. Uh, rapper Casanova gets caught up in gang shit like Takashi in new york why is nyc the new cali with gangs is it similar in new jersey uh, yeah uh i've stayed far away from any any hood shit for a lot of years um for really a lot of years ever since i moved back uh down south here i i've stayed away from all of that i was never in a gang or anything like that but i i was i've been around enough people where it's just like he's a crip he's a blood he's a crip he's a blood yeah and like depending on the, the, the group you're around, there was way more of this or there was way more of that, you know, because it, it wasn't so much of a mixed bag. You're sitting in a room and that's a trip and that's a blood. Like, not not nearly as much of that. But, you know, yeah, I've seen a lot of it. There's a lot of that shit in, um, like, South Tom's River, Lakewood, which is, like, not far away. Lakewood split between gang activity and Jewish communities. That That's what Lakewood, New Jersey is. It's It's fucking crazy but uh and then you know newark camden all of that like they're all crazy with the fucking gangs everybody's affiliated in some fucking way and then of course there's nick gage from national park new jersey clearly gang affiliated so i mean yeah i mean you gotta know i mean he's recruiting gang members every day you know uh deathmatch russell's a gang member you know i mean you you gotta already know that. I mean, you know, uh, Captain Dave's a gang member. You know, he's a captain. That that's like his rank in the gang. So you, I mean, you just you already gotta know that. Like, yeah, gang shit's real in New Jersey, especially National Park. Um, Pat Patterson dies, and people praise him, but the same people wanted Michael Logan canceled for getting a blowjob while Patterson was abusing everyone. Thoughts on selective outrage towards wrestlers and a new 
hipster wave of fans. Now, this this is what it's been, though. This is exactly what it's been because they'll get behind the females and, oh, oh stand up for women, stand up for women. And then, oh, I love the necrobutcher. And it's like, whoa, wait, wait, weren't you just weren't you just standing up for women? Because that dude stood up and punched a woman a lot of times. You know what I mean? And she didn't have his money and he punched her like, you know, a lot. So, I, but it's but it's been like that. People keep making these fucking exceptions for whoever they liked and they they didn't like and shit. Like you know, RF still stays a thing in this business. This is this is what this is. You know, in the wrestling business, RF is still a fucking thing, and and it's become a running joke where guys like New Jack will talk about it. He'll kill a pedophile and this and this and and all this other stuff, and then robs his boy. He just hangs. He talks to him like he's yeah. He, you with them little boys, Rob. You know. Speaking of New Jack, this motherfucker did. Uh, uh, I guess he's doing cameos now, and he did a cameo with a child in it. The child is holding a box cutter and waving it at the screen. He's waving his big ass knife at the screen, talking about. I guess somebody got married, and he's saying for the dude to stick that knife in her butt. And then he pulls lube out and he's like, look, you could use this. And he's like, you can see it's half full because me and the girl have been getting it in lately. This is for butt stuff. And the kid is still like right there. And I got to think this is like his mother that they're talking about. And like he just keeps going like, yeah, we've been getting it in. She can't get enough of this shit. You see the bottle's half empty. And I'm like, yo, like what the fuck is going on here? Like. This dude's gonna catch a charge over a cameo. Um, man. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That that's that's some old wild shit. But again, selective, you know, because you know, you remember when Sexy Star, I think that was a chick, right? She did uh, she stiffed somebody or fucked somebody up. Sammy Callahan came out of his fucking out of nowhere and was like, all right. I'll fucking I'll I'll never work on a show with her again. I'll never do anything. You know, if, if she's in the building, I'm canceling off the show. We're boycotting anything that she's involved in. That's uncalled for. Meanwhile, he's hurt people left and right. Number one. Number two, never did that shit with New Jack. And New Jack is infamous for his his career is more defined by the people he was unprofessional with than anything he's ever done professionally, being real. You know what I mean? New Jack did a lot of shit. He's been around since Smoky Mountain and this and that. None of New Jack shit made more fucking headlines and got more attention than when he did shit that he wasn't supposed to be doing around fucking people who trusted him. You know what I mean? Whether those people belonged in the ring or not, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't get to just stab the shit out of people and just be like, see, that's what happens, and then still be a professional. You're not a professional, and that's what you're famous for. So, uh, but that's, that's some wild shit right there. Um... Shout out to Shaheen. Shaheen hit me with these questions tonight. Um, he's recording this show for me again. My computer's still sitting on the floor. I, you know, I just got so much shit going on. It's, it hasn't been a priority for me to get this thing mailed out. And I know I need to, but um, it's it's just I have like a million and one things. It's like I have this very small window where it's like I could record a show. If enough minutes go by, it's like now I can't. I got I'm on to something else. I got to do this other thing. Um, so shout out to Shane uh, and and with everything he's doing, 
And uh, shout out to um, shout out to Joe Numbers of Wrestling Soup. Um, I, I gotta be I gotta be honest about this shit because you know I, I'm I'm a straight up dude and I tried to make peace with Mish a while ago, and we did. Can we piece it up? That's why I'm on the Wrestling 2 website. I don't know. After this, I probably won't be. Because the word will get back to him. Someone will run back to him. And, oh, J-Cat said, because Mish never listened to my fucking show. He never paid any attention to it at all. It never meant a fucking thing to him. Joe Numbers is a good fucking dude. I talk to him all the fucking time. He's a good fucking dude. I respect this dude. He, he, he's a great cat owner. Um, this dude really fucking cares about his cats. On such a level... That, you know, there, there's no question about it to me. You know, this is just one of those dudes you'd be, you'd be glad to hear that, that this guy got another cat. Because you know that it's in great hands. Loves this guy. That's family to him, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and Mish, my issues with him years ago, just in case you know, anyone needs a recap of what my issue was to begin with. Wrestling Soup started up, uh, you know, around the same time as my show started up. But Mish had a well-documented history with the podcasting stuff long before I even considered or thought about doing a podcast. He was doing a lot of things with Don Tony and, and all of that. He was really, like, kind of brought in by Don Tony doing things with him. So he has this, like, undying loyalty to that guy. Um, so... When we had crossed paths at one time or another, however that even initially came about, um, they were doing a lot of like real funny comedy shit. They were really doing a lot more comedic stuff than they do now. Um, and I liked it. I liked what they were putting out there. And let's not, you know, beat around the bush either because I was watching wrestling regularly. I was watching Raw. I was watching SmackDown. I was watching, you know, I was watching all these things. And Wrestling Soup has been centered around that product more than anything you you'd hear very little leaks of indie stuff along the way um and you know it was mostly a wwe based show and they'd get into other topics and all those things or whatever but they gained tremendous popularity they um mish knows what he's doing as far as the technical side of things goes and 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 all of that this dude knows the ins and outs of all that stuff he's very good computer wise and all that um we had hooked up, you know, connected on, on the podcast thing, and I, you know, we, we created somewhat of like a podcast family, and it was myself, Yakuza Kick Radio, um, Wrestling Soup, um, Stern Nation with Andrew Carluck, uh, Girls Love Wrestling, that was uh, Mel and... Um, Mel and uh, I forget the other girl's name. I apologize for that. I not I never really talked to them, so it was just like a um yeah, it was just another like acquaintance kind of thing. And the sports then, so um, I made a lot of connections with those guys through that, and that was always like a great thing to me. You know, that was that was it. That was it though. Those were pretty much the only fucking shows that were ever brought up by each other or whatever. And look. I don't care. Like they expanded their friendships and this and that and became cool with this one and this one and Solid Monster and that one. All of that shit's cool. I, I'm not telling you you need to be exclusive to me or no shit like that. But at some point I was forgotten. 
And as a guy who was, you know, getting fucking uh, 45 downloads while they were getting thousands, it hurt my fucking feelings. You know what I mean? Because I was every week without, without a fail plugging wrestling super show that never needed the, the exposure, never needed my plugs at all. But I desperately did, and I, I thought I was putting out a very good product that was something completely different from them, in no way competition. And I would listen to their show, where, again, Mish wouldn't listen to my show. Which, again, you don't have to listen to my show. It's not like a requirement to be my friend or anything like that. But when down the fucking line... He would miss plugs and miss plugs and then somehow remember me just to say on the air, I don't know if he's still doing a show. While I continually posted on my fucking Facebook over and over and over, here's a new episode, here's a new episode, here's a new episode, here's a new episode. And, and at the time I was doing all these interviews and making graphics for the fucking wrestlers that like, coming up next fucking week, I got this guy and making the thing on Yakuza Kick Radio and all this. So it's like, don't listen cool, but don't fucking put on your airwaves that you don't even know if I'm doing a show. Because that's actually the opposite of plugging someone. So I, um, you know, that's like telling me like, hey, yeah, like uh, I was going to go to that video game store across town. I don't even think they're there anymore, dude. There's a good chance they're losing that fucking person's business that night. You know what I mean? Like, and and I'm not in any way like blaming Mish for like bad, like, um listener counts or anything like that i'm just saying as far as a respect and, and principle goes and i was i was drinking like a motherfucker at the time so i'll tell you when it came to that that was my rhyme and reason behind everything and it was a lot of it it was a lot of it built up and finally i just fucking i just lost my shit and i didn't stop losing my shit because when i was drinking i just went really far with things that bothered me because it's just you know no fucking breaks all gas that's what it is with the, with the drinking um, now I have way more calculated thoughts and decisions on the way I take things or go at things. And I try to keep things in a, um, you know, controlled manner. So I, I, I overthink everything. So I do, as I go back and I say, well, you know, we, we patch things up, but I still stand by exactly what my problem was then with that, that, that wasn't a respectful thing for him to do. Because he started adding more people, but then just fucking got rid of me. Like, like it didn't really matter. And that, that, that bothered, you know? So for a while we disconnected completely, deleted his friends, all of that stuff, you know, extended the olive branch, uh, recently a couple, I guess maybe a year ago or so, something like that. And things have gone pretty well as far as, you know, my show goes up on their site, which, Hey man, I appreciate it. And I, I said it then, I'll say it now, and again, I'm sure it'll go away, but um, when it comes down to it, I don't fucking like this dude. He's not my type of motherfucker. He's not a genuine dude. The same way he wasn't a genuine dude when he did the shit he did before. He, he plays like fucking big league with people. Like, if you message him for something, two weeks later, he'll fucking read it and get back to you. This dude doesn't have a fucking job. He doesn't have a motherfucking job and acts just like too good to fucking read his fucking messages from a guy going, hey, dude, do you know what's, you know, how, what's this or how do I do that or whatever, you know, and, and I don't know. Maybe he has so many fucking messages to go through from the thousands that listens to his show that just he, 
I'm just not a, a possibility there. But that's not really even my problem. I'm just laying out a little bit of, um, you know, background as far as my issues. Um, and this is just how he's communicated throughout, you know. And um, but I'll tell you. The one thing that's an absolute fucking deal breaker with this guy, and this is why, like, I don't really care. My show comes off his fucking site and all of this shit. I really don't give a fuck. Because the way that he treated my friend Shaheen when he came out here to the East Coast to live is disgusting. It's disrespectful. It's Shaheen's story to tell, so I'm not even going to get into details or anything like that. Because at some point or another, Shaheen will come out and he'll let everybody know every fucking bit of what happened when he came out here. But it's disgusting, it's disrespectful, and, and it's just the way a fucking pig acts. That, that's, that's the way just a scumbag motherfucker treats somebody who reaches out to help them. That, that's what that is. You know? And that, that's, that's someone helping someone in real life. This isn't podcast shit anymore. This is real fucking life. So to disrespect somebody that opens their home to them that way is fucking gross. And I don't give a fuck who you think you are, how many fucking listens you get on your motherfucking podcast, or any shit like that. It's fucking gross, and nobody should be backing up that shit. Number one. Then I got fucking Shane told me about this podcast that they did. Because I don't really listen to Wrestling Soup anymore unless someone, you know, cues me into something that I should hear or whatever. Which a lot of times is Shaheen. Um, and, and again, mainly because I don't watch wrestling anymore. So, like, a recap on a show that I don't watch or have no interest in watching, it I just... I don't have any interest in that. The same way I didn't have any interest in the, in the show that they're talking about. So um, that's not even like like a shade on, on the show itself. It's just it's not for me because they cover a topic that I've just really fallen out of love with. But they had a show, and I think it was like a Thanksgiving thing or something. And Joe and Mish were talking, and. J Mish said something about the fucking cat food that he feeds his cat. And he feeds his cat dry fancy feast, which is absolute fucking garbage. It has so much colors in it. Uh, the so many colors in it. Uh, the colors are sugars. That's what the colors are. So in your meow mix, in your um, fancy feast dry food, fancy feast wet food's fine as a supplement. I'll explain a little cat food stuff to you in a minute, but let me just get into uh, So the sugars... Um, they can block your urinary tract. Um, mostly in male cats, you find way more problems in male cats. But the added sugars can cause urinary blockage, crystals in the urine. Uh, urinary blockage will cost you about a, a grand at least to unblock your cat or they die. Like they will fucking die. So that's what your colorful food does. So Joe tries to educate him and goes, you know, uh, you know, dude, that's really not good cat food. And he goes, oh, you one of those, like a pompous fucking asshole piece of shit. Because look, if you don't feed your cat good cat food, I can't fix the fucking world. And I ain't going to fucking like run around and, and shame everybody who feeds their cat bad cat food. But if you plant your feet and stand behind your decision as if nobody else knows shit, now's where I got to step in and tell you what a stupid fat cocksucker you are. Because, and then on top of that, He's saying he feeds the he feeds the cat that that's fat. He feeds it a half a cup all day long because it, it it might be shitty cat food, but as long as it's portion controlled, 
then it's okay. This guy is 500 fucking pounds. He doesn't know what portion control means in his fucking life. And he's playing games with his fucking cat. He's playing games with his fucking cat. This guy's 500 fucking pounds. His heart is going to fucking stop long before mine does. He's fucking morbidly obese. And he's fucking feeding his cat a half a cup of fucking food because he believes in portion control. If you don't get the fuck out of my face, you big stupid fucking asshole. You morbidly obese fucking scumbag slime ball. You, you, you don't, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he says, well, like, it's like if someone eats McDonald's and they eat uh, just a certain amount of McDonald's. Yeah. And if that's all they eat all fucking day, that's not healthy either. And all your cat is eating is shit cat food all day long. And a very small amount of shit cat food. You know, it, it's just, I, I again, I, it's not the amount. It's not the fucking, the, uh, the brand. It's the know-it-all behavior as if he's got it all figured out. Let's not get it fucked up either because he moved the fuck away from those cats and left them back there. And if life worked out on the fucking East Coast, he never would have saw those fucking cats again. So those cats were graced with his presence to waltz back into the fucking residence, feed them shit cat food that he's probably not even fucking paying for because he's not the one with the job. He makes fucking money off the wrestling soup and all of this shit. But, you know, just just make sure that you, you really crack down on these fucking cats and what they're eating because, you know, they're so fucking uh, graced with your presence to come back into the fucking thing. And I know I'm going on pretty long with this. And, uh, you know, anyone who listens to my show that doesn't know what that is, I'd have to run a documentary on who Missionary Thomas is. Because the majority of just regular everyday people don't know who the fuck that is. And I know, podcast-wise, his audience is a million times bigger than mine. And always will be. Because I'm not a WWE guy. And I haven't created that that following. And um, it just is what it is. People who are going to listen to my shit are going to listen to my shit. My shit is a hobby. I work six fucking days a week for the past almost 20 fucking years. So I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be um, any form of upset at the, the, the drastic difference in listenership between his and mine. This is his job. You know, podcasting is his job. So, um, that's, you know, it's just, it's just another thing I just really don't identify with, but, um, I didn't, I didn't like the way that fucking came across. I thought it came off like a complete pompous asshole. And the fact that he's that fucking overweight to be talking that type of shit about portion control. I mean, dude, come on, you know, but again, like when I heard all the things that went down with Shaheen, it was just like a ticking time bomb. I just needed one thing to fucking nudge me a little bit before I opened my mouth. And the rest of it's a Shaheen story to tell. But, um, yeah, I, I just shout out to Joe Numbers. I support every fucking thing he does. Great fucking dude. Love him. But Mish ain't my fucking guy, man. He's not my fucking guy. He's nothing like me. I'm a motherfucking 42-year-old fucking athlete. Shredded. Working six days a week, saving animals, fucking lives, passionate about what I do, loving my family, and not just leaving an entire household full of fucking people and, and moving over to be a, a full-time podcast guy. 
disrespecting someone's fucking house and then moving the fuck back into the house full of fucking people and animals and all of that shit. It's just, it's not my dude, man. It's just not my dude. Uh, check out Jeremy. I got you five stars. That's my fucking dude right there. That That's a fucking guy who I fucking, uh, that's a guy I fuck with. You know, that's a guy who's reached out to me and asked me how things are. If he doesn't hear from me, he'll hit me up and ask me how things are going there. Or I hit him up and see how things are going with him. He's got a lot going on, too. This is a guy who's reached out and fucking showed me fucking like a friendship. Showed me something. Appreciation for just the fucking friendship as a whole. Shaheen's been a solid fucking dude throughout. And I'll tell you, you know, shout out to Andrew Carlock, Boss Count Radio. I'll tell him right now. You might be the one who runs back and tells Mish. And it'll be what it's going to be. You know where we've been in the past. It is what it is. I don't have any problem with you. But, you know, look, man, I, I gave you my fucking reasons for why I don't like what I like. And if you got an issue with that, it is what it is. Because I know for a fact Shaheen is my fucking friend. And I back him up on on this situation. The cat shit just annoys me. It's some shit. You know, if none of this shit with Shaheen happened, I probably wouldn't even fucking bring the other thing up. But now now you, you kind of stepped on my my land so to speak, after really disrespecting my friend on some real life shit. So that's, that's not going to work for me. So I just had to say something. So, but shout out to Andrew Carlock, False Count Radio. You know what I mean, I'll keep them fucking plugs coming as long as I don't hear no bullshit out of you. And then, and then you know, we're good, man. I ain't got no issue. Um, check out Eric at the, we got to fucking win with the new guy. So now we're going to be contenders again, man. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Um, Eric's got a question, too. He's got a couple questions. Uh, thoughts on the Niners season? Who do I want at quarterbacks? Niners season is a disaster. Niners season is 2020 wrapped in football. We had more people on the injured reserve list than any team in the whole fucking NFL. Um, we lost every fucking thing at one point or another. We lost star quarterback, star running back, star edge rusher. Uh, linebackers have been in and out. Um, we have lost running backs. Did I say running backs already? Tight ends, both of them. Um, we've lost wide receivers. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. And we are just getting fucking trounced. And it just is what it is, man. It's just not our year. We still have so many pieces. There's some things that we're going to lose. We're, we're going to lose Richard Sherman in the offseason, which on one end sucks because, look, man, like Richard Sherman's an absolute fucking legend. This dude will go down. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. Um, we can't financially support his contract, like a new contract with him. We can't afford that. And he knows that. He said it himself. He, he, he's open. For talks on a return, but he doesn't think there's any way that San Francisco can afford him, which because he knows Fred Warner needs to be paid. That, that That's a definite. Fred Warner has been the fucking guy for us. Now, here's the thing. We had guys. Reuben Foster was supposed to come in and be the guy. Meanwhile, Fred Warner led the team in tackles. Uh We've had Quan Alexander, who came in, was supposed to be the guy. Meanwhile, Fred Warner held that motherfucking court down. He held that motherfucking field down, 
And he was the guy, despite, you know, what everybody else was waiting for out of the other guy. Um, but, you know, that, that's, so that's a must. Fred, Freddie's a must. Um, D Ford will finally be gone. He, he's been off the field more than he's been on the field for us. But we also discovered Kerry Hyder. Kerry Hyder has been fantastic as an edge rusher on deep back on the other side of the fucking line. You know, and then we start we start shaking shit up. Kinlaw has been great as a rookie, but he hasn't had that major pass rushing force to draw some attention. He's such a massive guy that when that attention's drawn over there, that's when he breaks through. That's when Armstead broke through. Armstead had his best year when Bozo was on the field, and that's it. He gained himself a big ass contract. You get half that fucking money to, to Nick Bozo because he's been fucking garbage all year because Nick Bozo ain't on the fucking field. Meanwhile, we sent DeForest Buckner to the Colts. We should have sent fucking Eric Armstead to the fucking Colts. And uh, we would have had DeForest Buckner still tearing shit up because he's tearing it up for the Colts. He had two sacks the game. He, he was out for, I think, COVID or some shit. And he came back the next week at two sacks. And, and they lost the game without him, won the game with him. I mean, it, he's a game changer. As far as quarterback, look, man, um, Jimmy... Jimmy, before his injury, was great as far as I'm concerned. He still needed some reps. He still needed some shit to go. When he tore his fucking ACL, MCL, all that shit, he was pushing. He was. We were playing the Chiefs. He was running. He was scrambling to the outside. He had some yards to go for the first down. And he was running up the sideline. And instead of making the smart move and going out of bounds... He tried to push forward and truck the guy in front of him to get the fucking first down. That's the type of fucking balls he had back then. And the force of bracing that leg and pushing against the resistance of the tackle tore his fucking ACL. When he came back from that, that part of his game was gone. Which, you know, obviously you want to play smarter than that because that wasn't the right move. But that part where he was able to get out of the pocket and, and make something happen was pretty much gone. Then he got hurt again with the fucking high ankle sprain earlier in the season. When he's been coming in and out, in and out, you're seeing he's got that like happy feet shit back there. He's nervous. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. Jimmy, with his confidence back, would still be our guy. Now I worry that that's not the case. And he's getting paid too much. He's getting paid elite. So when you get paid elite, there's not a lot of room for growth. You better show up elite or you're fucked. And I think that's going to be the case with Jimmy. I don't think he's on the team next year. Um, again, I like Jimmy, and I hope he's able to get his confidence back and show these guys something where he's able to perform. But, like, he's got to play a clean year without fucking injury, too. You know, I did this, this shit here, like, this is nobody's year for San Francisco. But, you know, we'll see how this develops. Um, I've heard a lot of rumors. I've heard all the fucking rumors everybody's heard. I've heard... Uh, Dak, I'll take fucking Dak in a second. I think he would tear it the fuck up in San Francisco. Um, I've heard um, just everything. And Carson Wentz being one of them, that would be the dumbest possible thing ever. And I think that's just shit talk. I don't think that that's a reality. Because Carson Wentz has been just injured and injured and injured. And inconsistent when he's back. Jimmy has been injured 
and inconsistent when he's back. But I don't know if he's even been as inconsistent as Carson. So I don't feel like this would be a, a step in the right direction with Carson Wentz. So I'd be really surprised at that move because I just feel like that's a lateral move. That's not a move forward. That's not a step in the right direction. I think we absolutely have to draft a quarterback. I don't give a fuck if we get him in the third, fourth round. Draft a quarterback to at least be the new backup because Nick Mullins is not a good fucking backup. He's Well, he's good, but he's not great. And if you give him too much time out there, he will make fucking mistakes. And he's been doing nothing but that. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's that. Um, I think my phones are like 20%. So let me see what else I got in here. Uh, where the fuck is the thing? Uh, I don't know. Let me see. There it is. Um, uh, Greg Excellent wants to know, which indie promotion in its height would have been the best chance today for a mainstream crossover? I'd have to say like that Ring of Honor or the PWG shit because the spot fest of PWG has always wowed crowds, has always gotten eyeballs on it. Um, a lot of what WWE is made up of now is the old PWG top roster guys. Um, and then Ring of Honor, same deal. A lot of those guys are the top of what WWE is doing. So I think those products would have worked. You know, CCW was my favorite thing, and it had such a great mix of this and this and this. But there, there's no place on mainstream for deathmatch wrestling. There just isn't. I mean, you, you have that same niche audience this way or that way for deathmatch wrestling, but you're not going to get, uh, you know, abroad, you're not going to get massive amount of attention that, that wasn't aware of your product before, where as far as wrestling fans, you can probably get wrestling fans into what ring of honor was doing. So ring of honor. I mean, they were running good storylines and everything. PWG was just super show after super show, but, um, more than anything, Ring of Honor was doing great storylines and everything. What they did with CM Punk and Raven before he came up, I mean, it took WWE a couple of years to actually get CM Punk into programs the way he was with Raven, you know, when he got in there. So they were kind of ahead of the game with what they did with him, what they did with Tyler Black, what, you know, there was a lot going on. Daniel Bryan, he, he definitely developed into more of a personality on WWE television. But that same guy was right there in Ring of Honor. So, yeah, I, I think uh, WWE would be the... Um, I mean, Ring of Honor would probably be my number one call for that at its height. Um, oh, <laughs> Nick Gage is uh, looking for a co-host for a podcast. Uh <laughs> Jeffrey Sand says, uh, you can see it now, uh, Yakuza MDK podcast. Like, yeah, there, there's zero chances that would ever happen. Um, Nick, Nick's mostly retarded. Like, if you watch his, 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 uh, his, his cameos, his cameos and his Instagram kind of deals, you can see the videos on there, and he's still just screaming the free two six and I don't know who he thinks is on Facebook that's going to make that happen, but it's it's not going to work. There's no one listening to the mic at GCW to free two six. There's no one on your Instagram to free two six. No one bought a cameo off of you that's going to also free two six. Like you got to chill the fuck out, bro, because you sound crazy. You sound like not like a logical, regular, functional human being. Like you don't sound like an adult. 
screaming that shit all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait for Nick Gage's podcast because the the amount of clips and shit that I'm going to laugh maniacally at are are fucking great. I mean, it, it, it's going to be great. I've seen, I've heard him on commentary, and it's horrendous. So I just hope the podcast is just the same as that. I think that's it. I think that's all I got. I, I covered uh, as much as I could. I, I know I'm probably forgetting shit because I am just fucking fried, man. I got so much going on between the job and the, the, this this girl and the, the house and all the work I'm doing in here. And it's just, it's bananas, man. I'm doing everything I can to hold it together. And uh, I, I'm glad I got on here to give you guys a little bit of a show. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Um, I think I plugged everybody I was supposed to plug. Um, I try not to forget people, you know, that'd be, um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Um, so yeah, I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. I definitely want to try to do a show next week and a week after if possible. I like to get another one to two shows in before the end of the year. So, uh, I'd like to talk to you before Christmas. So I'm not going to really wish anybody anything until then. So, uh, my uh, my two new girls come home tomorrow. I'll tell you guys a little bit more about that um, in a little bit. Actually, you know, before I before I go, let me tell you a cat story because some people like that shit. Uh, two cats, Dancer and Archer. Archer came in uh, Chris around Christmas 2018. Uh, Dancer was one of I don't know, probably about 10 cats that were being fed outside. They were TNRs, so they were fixed and released, and they were being fed outside. Something happened where the person who was feeding them could no longer do so, whether they were moving, whether they were sick, whatever. I, I don't remember the circumstances. I usually don't because I, I try to just move forward with cats um, and not really dwell in the past because it doesn't make a difference. As far as you working with them and getting them into a homes, unless there's some quirk that you need to know for your knowledge to work around or work with, you know, most of these things are moving allergies, this and that it doesn't fucking matter. So dancer came in because of that. Now, um, you know, a lot of people would just say these TNRs, they don't, they don't belong in a house. They're, they're wildcats. They're this and that. Well, we proceeded to put every one of those fucking cats and I don't mean fucking cats as far as like, you know, something negative towards them. But just to emphasize what we did, despite the fact that a lot of people would say that's not possible. That's not um, those aren't adoptable cats. Those aren't house cats. Uh, it was around Christmas. So we named them all after reindeer. Um, and she was dancer. She was the last of the crew. And um, she had hissed at people and lunged and really wasn't very trusting but i worked with her so much that i mean she really started to adapt to me she still had a little cautiousness but she was very workable for me but definitely a hard sell because you know she was so nervous especially with new people and things like that which is a very difficult task to place a cat in a home that doesn't like new people or doesn't adapt well to new people every adopter is a new person so that's you know it's difficult um, so now, uh, about a year after she got there, a cat named Archer got there, who was another TNR who could no longer stay where he was. Archer, um, he was way different where he came in and he was really panicked. Uh, he bit our ACO. She, she brought him in the bathroom to try to try him out. Cause a lot of times we'll take a cat, 
when they're in a trap, we'll take them into like a, the bathroom or like the, um, like the foyer area by the bathroom. So that way it's, it's a closed off area where there's nothing for them to go under or in or anything. And we could test, we could test their temperament to see how they're, they are. Well, she brought him into a different bathroom than usual and didn't realize there was a hole in the wall under the sink. So being scared as he was, he tried to dive right in that hole and she grabbed his back end right away. He turned around and, and flashed onto her. Um, and, uh, She's amazing. She's the best ACO in the world. So she, I mean, she just, she took it in stride and was just like, yeah, it happened. What, what can you do? It was my fault. Um, so he came back with me. Well, well, he actually he didn't come back with me. He was still in our, our front area. While he was in our front area, somebody else tried to move him like a, a few days later and they got bit because they grabbed him the wrong way. And they also admitted they handled it wrong. It was, uh, so now he has two bites on his record. He's got this, you know, label as an aggressive cat. And, um, I, I took him back by me at that point. And, um, you know, I worked with him, gained his trust. He, he was still nervous. You know, he was still one of those. I had to watch which way you know, I picked him up and things because he just wasn't trusting like that. Um, after some time I tried, I saw some interest out of him for other cats. So I tried him and dancer together in a little uh, kind of like fenced area in my in my area outside of the cage but it's like a little blocked off area like a kind of like a baby gate type of deal so i had them over there together and they immediately magnetized towards each other they started cuddling together cleaning each other and through doing this daily and and letting them hang out together they started to let their guard down even more so to me because now they they kind of fed off of each other as I pet Archer and, and Dancer saw that, she'd look and, and know that things are all right and safe to, to deal with me because he's dealing with me and, and vice versa. So they did so well together and continue to make progress. And um, just the other day, they went home together. I, I got pictures of them cuddling together, another picture of them standing in the hallway together. And another picture of them standing in the bathtub together, which is fucking hilarious to me because you see... Archer's whole head popping up and dancers just eyes and ears popping up above the, the line of the bathtub. And it's just hilarious to me because you could tell that they're exploring that house together. They're, they're figuring that whole new life thing out together. Um, and the people said they're doing great and they're adjusting really well and everything. And I just couldn't be happier because both of those cats could have been easily given up on due to the circumstances. And that's not what I do. What I do is what just happened. Those cats, those cats just went home. Those are house cats. Those are former TNRs, and now they're house cats forever. Those, those guys are in homes, and I couldn't be more proud of my accomplishment. This is this is why I do what I do. This is why I'm almost 20 years in, and um, it, it just it speaks for itself. The, the results speak for itself as far as my credibility, what I'm capable of. And what I will continue to do, this is my mission until I die. I'm not, I'm not skilled in any real trade. I, I can't fix a car. I can't build a house. I can't fucking, you know, there's a lot of things. I, I just, I have no clue. I can't fucking work a computer for shit. I, I, I can't do a lot of things. But what I can do is I can give cats a chance that others might not. I can extend an animal's life where it might have ended without me. And 
that to me is more purpose in life than any of those other trades. Despite the fact that those trades would make me a shitload more money and I ain't knocking a motherfucker to those those type of things because you'd be way better off than what I'm doing. What I do is I do for passion. And I can find very big reason and, and justification for exactly why I do what I do in situations like this. But financially, bro, you know, mechanic, you know, that, that, you know, do one of these different things that you're able to do. And you probably make fucking three times what I do if you spent half the time that I, I have in my job. Like you do 10 years at one of those trades, you'd be making a shitload more money than I am after 20. So... I'm not knocking anything else. I'm just saying this is this is my calling. This is what I love. And uh, after almost 20 years, I I'm fucking ready for another 20. This is this is me. This is what it is until I'm dead. I'll leave a legacy behind of the guy that didn't give up on cats and continued to defy the odds and got cats homes that otherwise would have perished. So um, hope you enjoyed everything. The story, all of that stuff. It's all facts is what it is. Um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.